Welcome to the Soul Journeys podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. As a seasoned light worker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a light worker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this High Vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once-in-a-lifetime epic event. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Soul Journeys podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today. We uh, definitely were separated at birth, and we've been separated from all of the lifetimes we've spent together as soul family. (laughs) I think we just figured out, right, Marina? Yeah. So I have Marina J with us today. She's a number one bestselling author. She's a psychic life coach and speaker, and she has helped thousands of people for over 24 years. And uh, one of her main focuses, although she has many, because obviously when you do this for a long time, you start to develop themes and so on. Uh, she really loves talking about the shadow piece. And, and uh, so we're going to get into that today and how that's going to serve us to heal the collective shadow. But also she's really uh, a master magician, basically. I don't even know if that's the right term, but she's going to help us talk about how to manifest for 5D and what that looks like and stuff that other people just don't share because there's usually missing pieces. And I think most of us can relate to that, that we feel like there's something missing with certain formulas. So uh, if you want to learn more about Marina, you can go to marinaj.net and uh, find more out about her book and all kinds of other juicy things. So Marina, I'm glad you're here. (laughs) <laughs> I'm here I kind of feel teary I kind of feel like we have definitely known each other you know in Atlantis and in we've definitely been together before so it's really yeah, yeah it's, mm-hmm. let's see where we can we can pick up where we like go. totally I feel like um part of the reason why we resonate with each other is you and I both have the ability to hold multiple perspectives, to go up into that penthouse view mm-hmm. and see the whole picture and not get attached to any one storyline and just decide, okay, well, we're creating the timeline we want to participate in. And then we start pulling in other people that are going to join us on that same timeline. But we don't get locked into the polarity that we're still seeing in the lightworker community, which I know we're probably going to talk about today. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a little teary too. It's like, oh, <laughs> home, you know. It is home. Like, I've come home. home. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So nice. So I'm glad you're here. And uh, I know that everyone will benefit from hearing a little bit about your story because it always helps to, you know, create some more texture, I guess you could say, to what we're going to talk about when people understand how you you know, how did your childhood, for example, influence how you got here and what sort of main life events sort of really pulled you in this direction of entrepreneurship? Mm. So I will start by saying I really am not very good at talking about myself, but here we go. Uh, so essentially, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was born in London and yeah. <laughs> I was born in London and 
I grew up in a beautiful family that were wonderful at looking after my practical needs, but were not able to look after my emotional needs. They didn't really know how. And so I grew up feeling everything to the point where I would actually say to somebody, tummy hurt you, shoes hurt you, because I couldn't say they hurt me. I was already feeling the other person. And at the age of 12, my mom saw me, my, my back, I was getting dressed for ballet because I was really a ballet dancer at that point. And she was just horrified. And she saw that my, my spine wasn't straight. And we found out later on that I had scoliosis, which is like a physical manifestation of, I will support you at the expense of me. I'm not gonna be able to really support me because that's not what this is about. I need, I'm feeling all of you so much more. I can't even feel me. So because I can feel your needs more than me, I'm gonna say yes to you. And because I can feel you, I'm gonna say yes to you. And you know what, I'm gonna go left, right. And then my spine's just gonna follow it, right? And so they put me into a back brace, which was absolutely hideous. And I do want to premise that if you've got scoliosis and you're listening to this, it is not hideous. It is one of the most beautiful things about you. But that was understandably how my mom saw it, you know, because it's a shock. You don't expect to see something like that. Um, so I had to wear the back brace for 23 out of 24 hours. It stopped some of my bones forming. I would bleed every day um, because we would take off the back brace and then the vest and it would pull. It was just not not an easy time. And then I remember when I was 16, going to the hospital for my monthly checkup. And I said to them, I'm done with the back brace. I'm done. And they said, you've got to keep wearing it for another two years. And I said, I'm going to heal this. It's what I said to them when I was 13. I said, I had a room full of 30 doctors. I was 13 in puberty in a little pair of knickers and a little vest. And I said, I am gonna heal this. I don't know how, but I'm gonna heal it. And I had hot tears running down my face and they were all kind of laughing, not with malice, but just sort of, oh, what does she know? You know, bless her little cotton mm -hmm. socks. And I was, sorry, I'm gonna swear. <laughs> I'm sorry now. I was just fucking furious because something in me knew, absolutely knew, that I was going to heal it. I had no idea how. My parents are scientists. We didn't do, you know, homeopathy or meditation. I mean, let's face it, most of us didn't, right? We didn't grow up with it. Although my grandmother actually did. She did homeopathy. How cool is that? Um, but for me then, it was like, I already felt very different. And so then, so I threw the black back brace away. They actually said to me, do you want to keep it? And I was like, are you joking? Like for what? It's it's given me so much pain. And of course, now I wish obviously I hadn't had it because I know how to heal backs. I know how to heal things, right? It's alchemy. I know how to do it. And of course, you know, the past makes us who we are today. So I don't, you know, wish it were different, but I do wish I did know that because that would have saved me a lot of pain. So then I carried on supporting everybody else because I didn't really get it until I trained to be a yoga teacher at the age of 24. And that was, I mean, how old am I now? I'm 47. As you get older, you go, I don't know, what am I? 47. So I was 24. So <laughs> totally. <that> time ago. <laughs> and that was the first time 
that I really started to heal. That was the first time I really started to shift and heal. It's a brilliant yoga based on Chinese medicine um, and chakras and um, meridians. And, but still it was like, okay, it's not the whole story. Then I became a, um, a single mum, And I remember thinking, we're going to rise. We're going to rise. I don't care how we do it. We're going to rise. And that was really when I started to wake up to my own patterns that I had been holding because I couldn't receive, because I had to do everything on my own, because I was supporting all of these people. So then, of course, I'm going to be on my own, right? Because that, that was, I was living my life by my design, only it wasn't my design, right? It wasn't my design. It was just a bunch of programming that I had taken on from a very young age from my beautiful family who couldn't process their own emotions, who couldn't transmute and transform their stuff. So the little me went, I'll take it on. I'll take on your stuff. I'll transmute it. I'll transform it. I'll do it for you and I'll spit it back out. So you don't have to do anything. But at the same time, when you have people, and I would say a lot of the gener that generation were like that, you have people that don't know how to take emotional responsibility for themselves then there's also backlash. They can blame you for things that are not your fault. So then you become incredibly super, super hyper vigilant, hyper conscientious, because all you're thinking about is how you're affecting somebody else, how you're actually coming across and any slight movement on their face, you go, oh, I need to just, and it's not even people pleasing, it's people managing. It's managing you so I can feel safe because right now I don't feel safe because if I'm really honest, I'm not even from this planet, right? So wherever I've come from, I do feel emotionally safe, but I don't with this. And so up until 2012, I was sort of like, you know what? I'll take the hit because I can. I'll process for you. I'll do the work. And so I had lots of one-sided relationships. I will say before um, 2012, I did meet the love of my life. And he became the father that my daughter never had. His name's Paul. I absolutely love him. And I will preface that with saying I had done so much bloody work on myself up until that point, And he had done absolutely none. <laughs> so I think it was just me busy trying to catch up to him to meet him. Um, I trained as a life coach um, with a brilliant, beautiful Debbie Ford, who taught me shadow work in California. She was utterly amazing. And it was funny because my grandparents, well, my grandfather used to work with Carl Jung back in the 1930s um, and has written uh, handwriting analysis books that are still used at universities today um, for people to, you know, basically figure themselves out. And my grandmother was a Jungian psychotherapist, absolutely beautiful. And my grandmother was like, you know, you can, you can study anywhere. You can study this anywhere in London. I can help you get into wherever you want to get into to study. I was like, no, nah, it needs to be California. I just knew it. And so I learned shadow work. I learned, I healed so much, but still it wasn't the whole story. So I actually got back to Australia, um, single mom, my little girl, and I sat on my bed and I just started channeling because I thought, you know what, I need the missing piece. I'm not seeing it out there with psychologists. They don't look happy to me, the ones I'm seeing. I'm looking at life coaching. I mean, that was back in 2001, right? So life coaching wasn't really out there yet. 
and people would say to me you you know so I was a coach and they'd be like netball it's like no <laughs> not netball you <laughs> coach. no I'm not I'm not sporty like that so I kind of channeled it and I basically put myself through my own program but I didn't realize that's what it was back then I would just put my daughter in front of the tv for 10 minutes because that's pretty much all I had before she'd get up and go mom and I would sit there <laughs> go on my bed and I would basically heal myself and then pretty soon I people started to say what are you doing you look happy I'm like I'm I am happy you know and I have my little tiny apartment and my old car that really only started in second gear it's incredibly close to reverse so a few times at the traffic lights I would shoot backwards instead of forwards and I got <laughs> tears running down my face going my life's fucking hard it was like the mechanics were really hard but I was glowing and so that's how I then began coaching I was like all right I can do this and so that's how I really created my business it wasn't from a left brain perspective it was from I just want to help people but I also want to help myself I I didn't have my daughter to put her into care you know for 40 hours a week I want to be with her and that's why we went back to England I actually went back from Australia to England because I didn't want to give her to anybody else to look after when she couldn't verbally tell me how her day had been because she was too young and I made that decision and I literally I didn't have many choices available to me but I am a great believer that when you decide the universe just moves around and the world moves around you not the other way around and that's something that I think is really important in this time we're in right now is that even though it seems like the world is saying you're going to move around for me, actually, my experience, and I know your experience, and if you're listening to this, you've had these experiences, and maybe you've always had them, is that when you decide, the world shifts for you, doesn't matter what anyone says. And we have to remember this power, that is what got me through being a single mom, going through, you know, I didn't have any family in Australia and I have any money. I, I was so hard on myself. I was going out in the evening once every six weeks because, you know, I just didn't have the friends to look after my daughter because that's all I was doing. And the few friends I had, if they're looking after my daughter, who am I going to go out with? <laughs> you know, they're at home on the couch watching some crappy television program. So um, that's how the business was born. And it was born out of um, me seeing predominantly women because that's who I predominantly work with I do work with men not actually getting the healing that is natural to them and not actually being healed I don't I wasn't seeing that and it was sort of part anger at it actually and part you can heal yourself there's there's nothing you can't heal and you can do six months with me, six months with somebody else that does genuine healing. It doesn't matter who you choose, but you don't have to be sitting with your stuff. And really after six months to a year, my clients are done. They don't need me anymore. Then they just need me for monthly maintenance if, as if stuff comes up. But my whole thing is teaching people actually how to heal. So that's, yeah, that's my story. Uh so much to unpack there first of all when you started by saying I don't like to talk about myself I, I feel the same way right because when we're wisdom keepers and we're just kind of natural teacher archetypes it, it's just yeah. like okay yeah yeah that's me but let's talk about you and how we can help you right so I get that um, a little side thing simply because I feel like I'm hearing people say what is that yoga right because you kind of 
brushed over it, but it has some cool mm-hmm. features in it around the chakra and the healing and stuff. So just wondering if we can share what kind of yoga that is in case yes. it popped an interest for people. Absolutely. So I learned this beautiful yoga in Australia. Um, it's in Sydney. It's called Rioho Yoga, um, but it's based on Chinese medicine. It's based on, it's a kind of a mix. So it's a mix of different things. It is Hatha yoga, but it's also been influenced um, by Japanese, by Chinese medicine, meridians. It works with the seasons. So as we're going into autumn, winter, we work on different organs. We work with, you know, do you, do you want to do a digestive class? Do you want to do a lower back class? But also what's the energy out there? You know, you have days, don't you, where the energy is lethargic. And so we're going to go with that. We're going to go with that because if the energy is asking us to kind of be still, why would we fight nature? Why would we even do that? You know, I read an article years ago about a celebrity trainer And he said, yes, he said, you know, when my clients are having their period, I make them go hiking. And I'm like, I would fucking punch you in the face, mate. That is going against (laughs) me. Sorry. (laughs) I read it back when we used to read trash mags, you know, back years ago. Um, For me, it's like, this is healing, healing and doing whatever you're doing has to be in sync. You have to go with your natural energy, the energy on the planet. Otherwise, you're doing two jobs instead of one, you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't actually teach anymore. I, 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 my plan for 2020, I think like a lot of us, was actually to be doing a lot more on stage and getting out there. I am a speaker anyway, but to actually go out there. And, and then I was thinking, well, I would then incorporate the yoga into that because it's a brilliant yoga and it helped fix my back. You know, it helped heal my scoliosis. Not totally. It kind of about a third to a half did it and the rest of it was from emotional healing and so my spine is almost straight now and that was something that the hospital who um you know they were the epicenter of you know excellence and beautiful people there and they're like yeah you'll never heal it so we're just going to give you a back brace to stop it from getting worse but it will never get better well i just proved you wrong And we've all got this in our lives now where we're hearing one thing coming in from the world. And this is where our natural knowing, our natural tools, our natural kind of like a bit of, yeah, also fuck you, that's not happening, needs to come up in us. This is what we talk about when we talk about sovereignty. It's actually going, I'm the authority on me. You can tell me with all the expertise you want, but nobody knows how it feels to be you right now with your lower backache or you right now in the way that you're sitting. Maybe no one knows that you need a cushion in your lower back. No one knows that. So no one can have authority over you. Possible. I I did want to talk about that. So I'm glad you brought that up again because as you were talking, I feel like we probably, and there's probably a lot of people listening that know this, but um, you know, I listened to a few interviews of doctors who weren't actually talking about COVID for the most part. Uh, They were talking about um, really what they became aware of in their own industry and how much they'd been screwed over and how they dedicate a good 10 years of training and make an oath to do no harm. Unbeknownst to them, the system has always been set up to harm people. Yes. And and they have, that's why so many doctors, they're not speaking out in part because the medical mafia, they're not speaking out in part because they don't want to look crazy to their peers, 
but they really genuinely have cognitive dissonance because all of their training that they spent years being hypnotized in was literally an inversion. And, and we're, I know we're going to talk more about inversion. So they are laughing at you because they've been programmed to believe that they're doing good for you when all along Rockefeller came in, manipulated the whole medical system mm. to, to actively get people their doctors to knowingly abdicate their knowingness, their intelligence, their power to just start giving us vaccines that they admittedly don't research and giving us pharmaceuticals that they admittedly don't research because they just trust the governing bodies. So when you were talking about that, I don't blame you for being mad and anyone else listening because I've had experiences like yours as well where I'm like, no, you can go suck an egg actually. I'm pretty sure I know my body and I'm not going to be on steroids at age 26 because of this Thing that you haven't made an effort to figure out. You haven't bothered to be creative to figure out what's going to work for me. Do you know what I'm saying? But anyways, wondering if you want to add anything to that. Mm, I feel like so many doctors are doctors because they have an inherent love for this planet. They're like the key holders of real health. Mm. And they, a lot of them would have been fighting within themselves anyway. Like in Australia, um, doctors have 10 minutes with you. I mean, come on, 10 minutes. Are you fucking kidding me? So there's a lot of doctors that already are finding that impossible. How can you help somebody in 10 minutes? Really do what you came to. If you're that passionate that you're going to train as a doctor for 80 hours a week. And by the way, that in itself is designed to break the doctors down, right? You know, doing all these crazy shifts, that's breaking you down. All of it is breaking you down. They, they say, you know, we've got the NHS here in the UK, which is such a beautiful system. But when you look at the nurses, they're often the unhealthiest people that you're going to see because they're not in a healthy situation. They're not being looked after. They're not being supported. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think I mean, there's a, there's a beautiful friend of mine on Facebook called Catherine Temple, and she calls these people brave hearts. And I think that they're, they're the original brave hearts that are actually standing up. I have tears when I watch them speak. I get the chills, them and the lawyers. Because a few months ago, I was thinking, Mm -hmm. where are the experts? We need you to rise up. And when I watch them talk, I end up talking back at them. And I'm like, come on, where are the rest of you? And I just imagine them all standing like, come on, come on, come on, come on, stand up, stand up. There is so much more of us than there are them. So much more of us than there are them. And for these doctors to probably finally say what they've been holding back forever must be massive for them. And I, I can't deal. imagine the pressure they must be under. And yet at the same time, you've got doctors like Dr. Christiane Northrup, who I adore. She does these 10 minute videos every day. Mm-hmm. She might get chucked off her channels at any point because obviously, you know, God forbid we speak the truth. And she's just one of the most beautiful souls you know, so mm-hmm. in a way, it might be a relief for some of these doctors to finally speak out, to finally say what's mm-hmm. been in this whole time. Totally. And just if anyone's listening and they might have not uh, felt the energy behind what I was sharing, I believe every doctor, maybe minus the 1%, and that will happen in any industry, yeah. massage, psychotherapy, whatever, that are going in for the wrong reasons. I really believe you know, everyone goes in for the right reasons and they legit don't know that um, 
until they do, like you said, and there'll be little niggles, right? And yes, yes, the yes, doctor yes. that was speaking last night, he's from Vancouver, and his letter that he wrote to the um, director of health in British Columbia, that I'm obviously speaking about Canada, but I know this happens everywhere. She hasn't responded to him, but he posted the letter that kind of shaking because he knows he could lose his license. Like they can make his life really hard. They can magically do all, they can, they can set him up uh, with accusers that don't even exist, accusing him of things if they want to. They can do all kinds of things to be really nasty. And, uh, but he's at an age where he says, look, I've lived a good life. I've got, you know, stuff around me, whatever. Uh, I don't, if I lose my license, it's not going to affect me the same as the majority of nurses and doctors that are going to get kicked out of their respective colleges who have young children or, or have just finished. And although they're now disillusioned with the system, they're like, I just paid a lot of money. I invested a lot of sweat equity into this craft, (laughs) right? Uh, I still have to play the game. So uh, I'm so with you on that. And I'm the same with you. Um, I haven't even told anyone this. I didn't even have a chance to tell you yet, but the lawyer that's suing the Canadian government is uh, I joined that class action lawsuit. So he's suing a lot of the big players. And I've been feeling this anger like you and I are talking about, right? It's not an anger like a 3D anger. It's like that past life, like deep, deep. We've been here before. Like, come on, guys, let's get it together. Um, And I used to investigate crimes against children and child welfare for many years. And um, so all of a sudden it hit me yesterday. I'm like, oh, I'm going to sue child protection. That's what's going to happen. So I've contacted this lawyer. It felt so good. I got chills even just saying it because I was made for that, right? That career alone, that's why I can speak the truth so easily because I've I've dealt with um, nicer psychopaths and sociopaths than a lot of these folks. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Or not nicer, worse. And I've dealt with all the borderline personalities and all the narcissists and all the, you know, whatever. So, um, so it hit me yesterday and surprised me, but because I was trying to figure out like, what can I do? Cause I want to help businesses that have storefronts figure out how to create a culture in their company, in their storefront or their clinic or wherever, where they can still honor the guidelines and not screw themselves over but find a way to create a culture in their business for as long as people are in there so that it doesn't encourage the shaming and the judgment and stuff if someone's in there without a mask Mm -hmm. because the law is set up to honor those folks, right? Or to have certain grocery stores say, okay, well, the majority of people aren't getting sick. So if you feel called to wear a mask, we're going to create mask hours for you, just like they do for the seniors right now during all of this. Mm -hmm. So the rest of you, so I'm already starting that process with some big grocery store change. Because like you, I'm not interested in going there right now. It's just like, I, I don't have the bandwidth for that. I'm too busy for that. And I just, I don't need to spend my energy. But uh, we can, for example, advocate for a lot of these big companies to say, okay, well, how are you going to accommodate us? Because you're actually discriminating. The reason why you had to put sliding doors in all of your stores is because it went against human rights because you weren't being accessible to people that were in scooters and wheelchairs and so on. So this is another form of inaccessibility. And uh, how are you going to manage that? Well, how are you going to create a different culture in your company so that, you know, so it's already been done. It's done, been done out in BC. So I'm working with a woman out there to do that advocacy here. And uh, it, like we talked about, you know, between what I did in the past, but also just being intuitive for so long and having people roll their eyes and assume you're crazy and whatever, right? Like I, I have nothing to lose. So, but anyways, um, 
I'm, I'm going to explore this lawsuit because I can take them on. I know the system very well. And they know damn well that they would be um, investigating parents. They, they've investigated parents for far less stupidity, right? Like your 10-year-old's out unsupervised for an hour and they're going to knock on your door because it falls above the line to investigate for um, harm by omission. And so if they're going to go out and knock on your door for that, why, like seven months ago, eight months ago, absolutely, the school would have reported you or the doctors would have reported you for sending your kid to school with a mask for six hours a day. It's just how it would have been, right? And this absolutely falls underneath the child protection guidelines. So guess what? Because I know if I just call them every day and harass them and ask them to investigate this school board or that school board or this store or that store for abusing children by making them wear masks. You already know. You already know. They're never going to report. I already know what's going to happen. So I'm like, well, this way you can be accountable in a court of law because you're not going to have to provide evidence about what you did when you had a serious child protection allegation coming into your agency. And uh, not only are we going to hold you criminally responsible for allowing the abuse, to happen that was happening right under your nose. But we're also gonna require you to investigate every corporation, every store, every indoor playground, every hockey arena, every whatever that has children that are forced to wear masks that you didn't investigate. It's not about screwing all those people over, by the way. It's about the fact that even now we've got like what, like, 20% of the population awake, those other 80% are never going to wake up. They're just not. If they haven't woken up by now, they're not. So those of us that are awake have to, you know, help help advance humanity with the people that actually have the impact similar to what you were sharing before. So that's how I'm channeling my inner <laughs> solar feminine energy where I'm just like, rah. <laughs> Incredible. Well, first of all, thank you so much for doing that. And that takes a very evolved soul because everything has been so inverted. So if you're listening to this right now and there's a part of you that's like, mm, I don't really want to get involved with that or, oh, she's kind of making herself a bit dirty getting involved with that or I'm a bit more turned off by it and suddenly you're kind of a bit dropped, witness that. What part of you is that? Okay, that is a part mm -hmm. of you that got educated to go against truth. That's the cognitive dissonance. So it's important for us to go to have somebody like you doing that. That's turning the inversion back on its head. But it takes a certain mm -hmm. kind of person to be able to actually do that, stand so firmly in the sovereignty, be able to look at these global narcissists, sociopaths, um, psychopaths and whatever paths that they are and be able to say, actually, I'm going to accuse you. Because what they do is they say, you should wear the masks. And I'm gonna preface this and say, by the way, if you wanna wear a mask, beautiful. If you don't, beautiful. It's about free choice, right? But if we look at these people, they're saying, you wear a mask. Actually, you're the bad guys. You should be wearing a mask. These, these the, the people at the top, the cabal, they should be wearing the masks. They're the ones that should be actually muzzled and shut up. They're the ones that need to stop talking. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that need to stop actually going about daily life. They're the ones that need to retreat and withdraw and be away from human beings, right? They're the ones, not us. 
But of course, what do narcissists do? They blame shift. They do everything that they've done. They go, you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. So if we've grown up in this world where we've constantly heard that, for you to go up against these people, that's a very evolved soul. And if any of you are listening to this right now and you're feeling any semblance of discomfort, I'm going to invite you to, because this is what I do, right? This is not like, oh, I'm the authority. I tell you what to do. Not at all. This is what I do, right? I look and I go, where, what's going on for me? Where, which part of me is, is uncomfortable? Okay, let's make friends with that part of me so it has no power over me anymore. Because what I see is the ones that have stood up or are standing up either on social media or in real life, we should be going to support you, not standing separate, watching a bit frightened for ourselves because that's how we've been brought up. But we should actually go and support you, right? This is about unity coming together now. It's about actually doing the opposite of what they're asking us to do, which is stay separate, stay home. No, go fuck yourself go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. I'm not staying home. I actually want to be with people, with human beings. I want to be with nature. I want to be under fresh blue skies, right? With no fucking chemtrails. That's what I want. And we have to remember that when we remember, because what are they showing us? They're showing us authority. They're showing us power. When we can own what they're showing us within ourselves, then they have no power over us anymore because they can be authority, they can be power, they can be all of those things. But if we're it too, boom, okay? Nobody's higher than the other. But if it's authority and power that's coming from a service to self organization, individual company, well, even though they're saying they're powerful, they're actually gonna, they're not gonna be. They're not gonna be as powerful as you who actually wanna help this world. And when we talk about light workers, really it's anybody that just wants to help, right? So if you wanna help genuinely, you're already a light worker. And if you step in your power genuinely, you've got nothing to worry about. They, are, they cannot sustain that power based on service to self. It will implode, it already is. But it takes a certain kind of person to be able to stand up and say no. So thank, thank you for what you're doing because it's massive. It's absolutely massive. And it will be interesting to see in your inner circle who starts to kind of drift away a little bit. Oh, that's not for me. I can't deal with that. Right. And, and it won't be that something that they actually verbally say. You'll just start to feel their energy move away from you. And that's their own cognitive dissonance. That's their shadow. That's their stuff to work on. And it'll be interesting to see who comes closer together to you. And I believe that we need no to, in order to be functioning human beings at this time where we're actually taking action, right? Whether that's for yourself in your own personal life or like you, Jennifer, in what you're doing, um, in order to do that, we actually need to own our shadows. We need to actually make friends with our human selves so that we actually are not giving our power away anymore. Really, really important. And that's where you can see the difference between a genuine healer, somebody who's really healing and knows what they're doing, and somebody who's spouting out healing stuff, but then they're telling you that they're crying every day and they're feeling terrible every day. Yeah, we're all having those days completely and utterly. But, you know, there are those that are having them every day, in which case you're not embodied. 
you're not genuinely doing it. Because if you are, there's a resilience and there's a grief and we can have both. We can have the grief, but we can also stand firm and go, yeah, not on my watch. That's why I'm here. That's why I came down here. I came down here for this, right? Like we all knew we were here for something. We just could never articulate it. I mean, God, I didn't think it was going to be that. But I remember being <laughs> a baby, right? <laughs> I remember being a baby and I remember bargaining with God going, take me back. It's too brash. It's too loud. There's nothing that could be done here. It's too far gone. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And then I remember the God going, yeah, no, you're going to be, you're fine. You're staying put. Like they just were like, yeah, you you're staying put. And then I remember asking my mum, I said, mum, what was I like as a baby? And she goes, oh, you cried nonstop. You cried all the time for about eight months flat. I was like, oh. she's like, you know, we would burp you. We would feed you. We would hug you. you know. And it's like, they didn't know what was wrong. Like, yeah, I was having like fisticuffs with God going, no, take me back. You know, and it was that feeling of it's too much. It's, there's too much to do which is funny because yet growing up, I never saw this world as a bad place ever. I was always like, this is a great world, it's great in here. But it's a little bit like, I don't know about you, but when I used to watch television right, or films, I would always have to eat something to hold me there because the TV wasn't enough. The only, the only thing I've ever watched genuinely was a couple of things that were enough for me were um, Sex and the City. I don't need to eat when I'm watching that. That totally just fulfills me and most recently wonder woman i was like i'm totally fulfilled i'm mm. good right but for the vast majority of things i haven't felt so good watching it right and i wrote about this in my book i wrote i wrote you know i know guys are in television more but for women it's not enough but now i know why we're watching compromised beings on the screen we're watching compromised beings we're watching inversions. We're watching people that have sold their souls to be there. Of course, we're not going to feel like something's right. We can't put our finger on it because we never would imagine that. Even though I knew about the Illuminati, I didn't really understand. Not truly. You know, I woke up some years ago, but man, did I wake up fully in March? March, that rabbit hole? Man, I was there. You didn't even see my little tail. I was there. I was like <laughs> sucking up dirt spitting it out, getting shocked, having to come back up for air and going, no, I have to go back down again. And um, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so <laughs> I kept joking with people. I'm like, I'm going to need you to have a, a bunch of carrots. Like I need you to dangle carrots around me all the time to pull me out of these <laughs> rabbit holes that I can't help diving into. Cause you, once you go into one, you can't unknow what yeah. you know. Yeah. And then there's something that forces you to go, Oh, there's another rabbit hole. I have to know this yes. piece too. And as an investigator by nature, I, I had no choice right away. I was like, who's at the bottom of this? I don't want to know all the little foot soldiers. Like tell me who's literally at the root of all of this madness. And then show me the, the hierarchy of it. I need to understand who I'm dealing with because I'm going to use vibrational magic to basically, you know, harness that energy let's just put it that way I don't cast spells I don't do any of that but like I'm gonna find a way to take their energy and throw it back in their face kind of like a Wonder Woman would do right uh, so um I think that's why for those of us that have had this insatiable need to get to the truth yeah we we needed to get it quickly and I think workers yes. 
tend to process things at the speed of light. So we, we were vibrationally supported to be able to handle that kind of cracking open of our cognitive dissonance. Yeah. at a speed that probably most people couldn't handle, would be my guess. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, no, 100%. I feel like from 2012, we had, I, I noticed the two world split happening in 2007. And by that, I mean, I we used to walk into my daughter's school and everybody would want to talk to me. And then I would have a mum pulled me aside one day. She's like, I can never, I'm never going to get to know you. You're always surrounded by people. And I was like, well, sorry to, I walk in one day and the woman that, that I was helping was being helped by somebody else. And it was like overnight, no one saw me anymore. There was a two world split. The vibrations had just separated. We weren't seeing each other. Mm. And I noticed the same thing happen again in 2012. And then again in 2017. And then most profoundly in 2019, where so many of us got betrayed. So many of us got betrayed. We finally got kind of fucked over by somebody that perhaps we'd made excuses for we had been with and it finally woke us up and so for me personally um well not for me personally I feel like between 2012 to 2019 as a as a, as a soul pod which is my little word my little weirdy word that I really like um we have been walking away from narcissistic relationships from one-sided relationships from service to self individuals and we've been burnt a lot right we haven't wanted to see it we've wanted to look after them or help them or be with them or whatever and so we've all had our initiations from 2012 to 2019 and then the final the final big heavy hit in 2019 like if you guys are listening to this you think think back what happened in 2019 did you have to walk away from somebody significant right to now, because we've dealt on a personal scale with a personal narcissistic abuse, now we can deal with it. If we've healed, if we've actually done healing, now we can deal with it on the global scale, right? Because that's what we're here to do. So for me, I watched, um, have you watched that film Full Cabal? Like right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Only yeah. I started watching it. My girlfriend goes, she goes, don't, don't watch it before you go to sleep. I was like, <laughs> And then it got to like 11 <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm just going to watch because it's in like a few parts, isn't it? I can't remember how many parts, mm-hmm. 10 parts or something. I thought, I'm just going to watch the first 20 minutes. Just going to do the first 20 minutes, just the first. And then oh, I was going to do one more and one more. And then I literally went through to about half one in the morning. My husband's asleep next to me. And my cognitive dissonance is like, I'm just breathing it out. Like all these years of knowing mm-hmm. things were not quite right, not quite right, not quite. I was like, oh, of course, like the Titanic. Like, of mm-hmm. course. Like, yes, my, I know. Right? My, my grandmother, <laughs> my grandmother's family were due to go on the Titanic. And at the last minute, they didn't go. I don't know why. So I was always, I've always been fascinated by it. And then for the first time, I watched Four Cabal and I was satiated. I don't have any need anymore to keep rehashing it. Oh, I know. Soon as I said it, yeah, I know. Anyway, finished watching it. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm doing all these hand signals and I'm looking up at the ceiling. And of course, my husband's like so serene and peaceful. Anyway, turn it off, close my laptop down. I'm like, there's no one to talk to, (laughs) right? Even if I call my friends in Australia, he'll be awake. Everybody will hear, I'll wake up the house. My husband's there, right? 
okay, higher self, it's just me and you, babes, let's go. I have to do it because I can't sleep otherwise. There's massive, massive information. And within 15 minutes, I'd gotten my answers, I'd released, and I'm like, I can go to bed. Now, I'm not saying that that didn't last. I definitely had to process some of the images I had seen. But because I've owned my shadows, I've owned being a pedophile. I've owned being a rapist. I've owned being a murderer. It doesn't mean that I am going to do those things externally. But where am I already raping my own dreams? Where am I already molesting my good times? Where am I already doing those things to myself? Right. When I know that I'm like, OK, so then I'm not going to be toppled by the outside world, which means I can process quickly. I can bounce back quickly and I can help quickly. And that to me is what a lot of us are needing right now. It's that the ability to process quickly, alchemize quickly so that we can be of service. You know, I'm hearing lightworkers say, I cry every day and I'm feeling the grief of the planet and I'm transmuting the grief of the planet. I'm like, why are you doing that? You're not a dustbin. You're not a sponge. You're not the person that needs to do it. You can get the angels to do that by invoking them to do that. You are actually being of service. It's not sacrificing yourself. That's, that's a program. And for me, and I don't want to offend anybody, for my personal beliefs, wearing a mask is sacrificing myself. That's a program. I'm not sacrificing myself anymore to keep people safe, in inverted commas, because I don't believe in that narrative. Um, so for me, it's like, this is where it's at. We need to be of use. It's like, come on, let's get going, people. We've got stuff do and so I'm seeing a lot of light workers out there you know I'm journaling and I'm like and I, I'm going to sound a bit disparaging now but I'm like that's nice how about we just learn how to properly clear and heal stuff so you can go and help your neighbor so you can go and help your daughter so you can help yourself so you can actually have a brilliant day it's not spiritually bypassing we're not saying pretend everything's happy and wonderful this is not but again, you can have both. You can hold both truths. And I guess for me at the beginning in March, that was something I was really um, wobbling. I was wobbling around, I was wobbling, going, can I do both? Can I? Because it's so heavy. It's so heavy. I can, I can try. It's so heavy. Yeah, I can, actually. I can. But am I going to be the dumping ground? Am I going to absorb the world's feelings? No, I'm going to have good energetic boundaries. Because guess what? If I don't have good energetic boundaries, I can't help anybody because I'm just going to be too heavy with everything. It's going to be heavy for a while, Jennifer, isn't it, right? It's going to be heavy for a totally. few more years. Yeah. You're going to be crying and transmuting for the planet for the next five years. That's not your job. Again, that's a program. That's stuff we've learned. And this whole thing about being empathic, empathic, yes, nice, but not at the expense of myself. I'm not going to absorb you. I don't need to absorb you for mm -hmm. that. No, thanks. So that's, I don't even that's think that's empathy. I think that's martyrdom, actually, which is just an old program anyways, right? But uh, I'm glad we're talking about masks. And if anyone's offended and uh, by masks or swearing or anything, uh, you know, we're kind of in a world of censorship. So that's this is a place for that. Yeah, but I will say with this, it's like, if I can hold two truths, that if you want to yeah. wear a mask, go for it. And if I don't, don't, then if you're having an issue with this, look at yourself and go, hey, I don't need to be expending my energy on this either. If people don't want to, great. I'm going to deal with whatever comes up for me so that I can also hold those both truths. 
if I want to wear it, I'm going to wear it. And if I don't, I don't. And if you can get yourself to that place, then you are no longer a walking reaction to me. And if you're no longer a walking reaction to me, you're not going to lower your vibration. We need everybody to be rising. Whether you're going to wear a mask or not, it doesn't really matter. Rise. Yeah. And most of those folks are projecting. There is a small percentage of folks that legit feel like they're choosing the COVID timeline. They just are because you and I, for example, are not choosing that timeline. We're aware that that timeline exists for the people that are choosing that, but we're choosing the 5D timeline. And, um, but it's, it's been my experience. I haven't had anyone come at me that I just think I give off a vibe that I'm, I just don't have space for that. Like you don't want to come at me with that because you're going to get taken down pretty quickly. But um uh, most people don't want to wear a mask, but they they didn't wear a mask when we really didn't know much about COVID and truly yeah. believed that it was going to be killing, you know, the wear a mask even before it was mandated because people started saying, well, if you don't want to kill your grandma, you know, we really need to take care of the vulnerable. That's the sacrifice program. And then it was. Totally. But then the next level was, well, I mean, if you're okay with people thinking you're a narcissistic sociopathic murderer, then go ahead. Don't wear a mask. Mm -hmm. But if you want your neighbors to know that you're a good person, and that's when literally the masses shifted. They're like, I don't want people to think I'm a bad person. And so they see you and I out there and they desperately want the courage to take the stand that we're Mm -hmm. already taking, but they can't they're angry with themselves, but they're having to project that anger onto us because they're not ready to own it, right? So that's at least my opinion. But like you, when you were talking about the cabal before, uh, for those people that are aware of that storyline, I can't imagine you'd be tuning into this podcast if you're not. Um, You know, I wouldn't hire any of those people. I would not hire someone that rapes, tortures, and potentially kills children and potentially eats children. That, that would not be someone I'd hire. So why in the actual F would I take any kind of political guidance from them? Why would I pay my taxes right now? Why would I do any of that stuff when they're asking me to be an integrity, when, it, when the laughability of that, <laughs> of what they conscientiously do behind the scenes, and to your point around them not even having a lot of power, if you're not doing anything wrong, why are you going to such great lengths to build, uh, build underground tunnels and yeah. build big ass long tunnels and get submarines to do like to transport your victims uh, in the, like through the ocean to, the, you know, like it's and like all of the stuff they're doing. Why so much effort to keep that from us? If everything you're doing is normal. Yeah. If you're, if you're down with it, let's get it right yeah. out in the open. Oh, wait. That's what I was trying to do on Facebook and you're already shutting me down. You're already censoring me on Facebook. But it's like a narcissist, right? Narcissists compartmentalize their life. They don't want you to really see what they're really doing, right? They they don't. And if you have had a narcissist in your life or somebody that's, and I'm not into labels at all, except when it frees you, right? So I'm I'm just gonna use it. You walk around eggshells with a narcissist because you know you're dealing with a narcissist when they either blame you or act the victim, right? So right now we're being blamed. You know, you people need to stay apart because you people, it's going to, it's going to get bad if you people don't stay apart and you people need to wear masks and you guys basically need to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, yeah, nah, I can see through that. And 
the other part of that is when I'm walking around, I don't wear a mask, right? So when I'm walking around, I smile at everybody just because that makes me happy, right? Whether you're wearing a mask or not, and I get looks and what have you. I don't care what you think about me because I've owned it already. So I don't mind what you think of me. I've owned that you think I'm a, if you think I'm a, um, a narcissist, I've already owned it. I'm good. You think I'm a psychopath? I've already owned it. I'm good. Nothing you can think is going to have power over me because we're everything, as Carl Jung said, the gold is in the dark. It's better to be whole than good. We're everything, right? So I can walk and I genuinely don't mind what you think of me. And if I'm standing there and I suddenly do mind what you think of me, then I'll actually go home and own that too. I go, oh, I, okay, that's a little corner I haven't, I haven't done, I haven't focused on, right? So the other day um, I was at a restaurant and they asked us to fill out our name and number uh, for track and trace. And I said to the owner, I said, oh, thank you, but we don't do that. And I actually got up to leave. And he was like, other people have been getting up and leaving. He said, I don't really understand. Can you tell me what this is all about? And I was like, yeah, sure. I said, you know, I totally understand it from your point of view. So we had a really good chat. And he said, stay, are you happy to stay? I said, I'm not filling anything out. He's like, no, 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 but just please stay. I would love to have you here. So when, you, when you're genuinely open and awake, you can take information in, right? But for most people, if you're frightened and you're walking around and you are so concerned, you've got like nervous butterflies in your tummy and your chest and you're feeling people's weight of a gaze on you, if you're not strong enough to go without a mask, then wear one. It's okay. Like it's the bigger picture is that you need your energy to do what you're going to do. Your nervous system might not be up to it, but, but if you do the work and you heal and you help your nervous system, you rejuvenate your, your nervous system, then maybe in two or three weeks time, you can actually do what you want to do because then you'll be at that point too, where you're going to be absolutely impervious to what people think of you it doesn't it doesn't matter you can think whatever you want it doesn't matter because I'm not I'm not that and I'm all of that I'm free so I can't be controlled by what people think of me and that's that's shadow work and so many light workers you know ascension light and love I'm like yeah that's nice but you do realize that you have to take your whole body with you right if you're taking your whole body <laughs> that's your emotional body so if constantly you just want to meditate because you don't like how you feel what if you get emotionally healthy and you actually start to make friends with all these feelings that you try and escape through exercise and people say you know the gym is their their church you know or they say that the gym is their haven or they they can't go without yoga or they can't go without you know having a bath every night it's like if you were to take all of those things away you would just be left with you, deal with you. I'll never forget when I was, um, I was training to be a life coach with Debbie Ford and she, she stood there and she goes, whatever you're doing, stop it. If you're doing coffee in the mornings, stop having coffee. If you're going for jogs for these two weeks, stop all of that. And this woman puts up her hand and she goes, I'm going to get a headache. If I don't have my coffee, my coffee, I'm going to get a headache. And Debbie goes, 
I'm going to assert that the headache was there before you had the coffee and that's why you had the coffee. And I'm sitting there going, oh God, I'm not going to cope without my chamomile tea, my baths, my yoga. I'm a yoga teacher, right? And I, so I, 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 was, I was like bargaining with myself and then Debbie goes, don't bargain with yourself. Don't bargain. I want you in here as you are. I was like, shit. And also sorry for a bad American accent. And I always think I'm going to sound better than that. And then I hear myself, I'm like, that's just, that's awful. So I um, I stopped. I stopped doing the, the chamomile tea. I didn't do baths. I did one night, but I didn't do, do it any other time. And what came up was just complete fear. And so that's what I met subconsciously. That's what I started to get to know. And now when I feel fear, it's genuine fear. It's like you're about to be attacked or you need to go a different way. It's genuine fear. But I don't have that ongoing fear anymore. I don't have any of that because I've healed it. It's actually, she's one of my best friends now, the fear part of me. So this is how we can deal with the planet. And don't think that the outside world needs to get better for you to relax. That's an illusion. It's not about waiting for the outside world. You are the world. It's actually about you shifting. You could shift today and the whole world would change for you. Just like you said, you walk around and you don't get attacked. You don't get anybody coming up to you because you've already shifted. You don't need that lesson. The world doesn't need to show it to you. You don't need it. And if you did, okay, you'll bounce back because you already have the tools. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That exercise from Debbie is fantastic. I think I might actually try that. I think back and you probably remember too, right? Just collectively, because we were all on Facebook, for example, watching the journey of us realize back in the good old days when we were told we were just staying at home for two weeks to flatten the curve. And the fighting at that time was take this, don't make waste of this time and time with your kids, learn how to crochet. Yeah. Learn how to play guitar. Why are you wasting this time? And other people are like, no, just chillax. Actually take this time to rejuvenate. And they're like, no, that would be a waste. And that was kind of the, the degree of fighting at that time. Yeah. And then as we progressed and we realized, oh, <laughs> I mean, we already <laughs> knew. You and I would have already known at the lockdown. We're like, this is a load of crap. Like we already see what's happening. Yeah. But we thought, okay, well, we'll humor these folks in a few weeks. We'll kind of get back to some semblance of what we knew our life to be before. Also having this awareness, but we'll still get on with it. And then, but at that time, even the reason why people were so uncomfortable is because they were so used to distracting themselves from just being with themselves and dealing with their stuff to your point, right? Yeah. So uh, I know you want to talk about, and I, I want to hear your perspective because you've just got such a massive amount of wisdom that uh, our healing really, like the sooner we can heal the shadow, the sooner yeah. we can just be with ourselves, even though it's uncomfortable yes. and shift this stuff, you know, and how it's going to impact the collective. I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Definitely. If, you, if you've healed from narcissistic abuse, you know that, that that person, for example, or if you've healed any relationship, they either lift up with you or they drop away, but you don't, sustain that relationship anymore it changes immeasurably you change from the inside out right the same on this planet if we take everything that is upsetting us and we actually go and own that shadow so i'll give you an example so let's say what would be a good example well uh, i did the nervousness one already like being really nervous and worried but let's say 
you hear some news, right? I mean, I know a lot of us are not watching the mainstream media. I, I like to get my news from real people. So I haven't been listening to the mainstream media mm-hmm. for a long time. I've actually never even heard our Prime Minister Boris Johnson speak. I've never heard him. I'm not interested. I already know. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of time. Um, so let's just say that um, a piece of news, though, comes your way. And I actually get my news from people on Facebook, other people, I oh, God, there's going to be, you know, like right now, there's a lockdown happening in Wales from Friday. They're, they're, the marketing that they're doing around it is short and sharp to flatten the curve, whatever. I don't know what the exact marketing is, but they're saying it's going to be short and sharp, which is like a joke. Um, if you get news that comes in, how do you process that? Do you sit with it and feel how it affects your body, right? Which is actually what you want. So what you want to do, there's like conscious shadow work and then there's subconscious shadow work. So the conscious shadow work is not jumping immediately to your brain. So many of us know it's crap, but if you immediately jump to, oh, well, that's a load of crap, blah, 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 blah. But how does your body feel? Stop, feel it. Oh yeah, I feel I feel nervous in my solar plexus and yeah, just the bottom of my throat. And I'm I'm feeling like I'm feeling scared. I feel constricted. I feel okay, sit with that now. Not sit with that for the next three days. Fuck that. Not doing that. But how about you start to physically express it? I always say express, don't suppress, otherwise it's BS. So what if you just start physically moving as just that? feeling right so you might take yourself to a cubicle a bathroom you might go to your I used to have a walk-in wardrobe used to love that would go in there and do weird like just make weird shapes and you just your body just wants to express it that's literally it just wants to be felt it just wants to be expressed physically move it you will feel better you will absolutely feel better immediately because what you're doing is you're already transmuting that what you've taken in back out and that's what your body wants to do it wants to be able to do it quickly quickly like you're a filter so that's the first stage if it doesn't fully come out then there's processes that I, I do with my clients and I teach them and it's basically how to make friends with that feeling consciously so you sit there and you understand that that feeling is trying to turn something on in you it's trying to turn something on what is it sit with a feeling for 10 breaths and follow it Is it trying to turn on your self-care in that moment? Is it trying to turn on self-support? You know, yeah, you'll need, what are you needing? You need a hug, you need to talk to somebody, you need to talk to your higher self, you need to get out in nature, but literally every feeling has a gift for you and the gift of your fear contraction isn't for you to suppress it or deny that it's even happened and then just jump in your head or keep busy or it'll get better or I can finally let it out when the world gets better in 2025 or whenever it's going to get better what do you do enjoy that next three years I can actually do it now so it's like you know don't suppress how you feel and then if it's still lingering then you go into your healing room close your eyes you take yourself down and that's when you meet this part of you to hear what they have to say, to actually get the gift, and then they have no no power over you anymore. And so the next time you can feel your fear, it doesn't make you smaller, it doesn't make you, um, it doesn't contract you, it doesn't, you just go, okay, I'm just frightened. But it's just like, you can just move seamlessly between one emotion to another. 
I'm scared, I let it out. Oh, I feel happy now, great. Oh, I'm angry now, I let it out. And you literally can just slide very beautifully between all the parts of you because we know that we're multi-dimensional beings, but we're also in a multifaceted planet. So we've always got emotions coming, we've always got energies coming, we've always got lots and lots of sort of moving parts, haven't we? We're always moving parts. So we wanna be that moving part as well. And we don't wanna have any areas of us that are no go. We just want to be able to move through and not make make it to mean anything about yourself, right? I'm not going to make the fear mean that they're going to get me. I'm not going to make the fear mean anything about me, that I'm a loser, that I'm not strong enough, that I'm not a good healer. I'm not going to make it to mean anything about me, but I'm also not going to make it to mean anything about the world. It's just a feeling. And the thing is, when you own it, it doesn't own you. And the last part of that because I mean, I can talk about this for days, right? This is like, this is, these are workshops and stuff. But the last part of that is at the same time that we can own all of it, we can say, you know, I'm a psychopath and I'm a narcissist and all that. I'm all of those things. I'm also none of those things because the higher truth is that I'm none of those things. The lower truth is that I am. But if I don't actually make friends with the lower truth and become an integrated human being, I can't get to that higher truth for long periods of time because these feelings are going to bring me back down again, right? So that's why people say, you know, I can't keep the same feeling after I meditate. I can, I can hold that frequency for maybe an hour or two and then somebody will look at me a certain way and my, my teenage son will, will be horrible and I, I drop down. But if you own your shadows, you may feel that feeling but it's not going to pull you down. You're not going to stay there. You're going to bounce back up really quickly. And then you get to mastery where you can stay there, feel shit, but your vibration doesn't change. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, I've got, I've got a question and a thought, you know, when, when you're saying that, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's me. Like I'm the type that sings pretty much all day. If you ask me a question, I'll sing my answer back to you. It's just, the thing that I've always done and I will do funky little dance moves, but I've been doing all kinds of funky dance moves every day, all day. So some part of my higher knowing knew to just like move with the energy of what you're talking about. Right. My husband's like, what's gotten into you? Like every day you're, you know, I'll just go and I'll start like, like purposely dancing like a goofball um, and hip checking him and stuff and, and with my son and things like that. But uh, I also thought as you're talking around feelings, I'd love your perspective on this because for people like you and I, and I know there's a lot of people listening that are doing the same thing where you are just going down so many rabbit holes. You and I have learned how to transmute energy really quickly. And I'm sure many other folks have as well. And then for some of us, we don't know it's happening, but maybe we're getting hooked into some fear porn. Right. And we're literally hooked and almost frozen in time in that fear porn. And because we're so constipated with information, that's like we're already constipated with information, but we're constipated with information that's really hard to digest, even yes, though we know yes. it's true. Oh, I mean, who knew, right? Who knew it was that dark? I yeah. Yeah. Right. So how how does that apply then? Like I get that some of those concepts apply the same, but how do you how do you see people's sort of emotional body, body functioning right now when they are constipated and they haven't found a way to kind of move it out of their body? Um, it's just going to 
stay there and it's going to be a feeling that they they can't be with a feeling but it's not going to leave them so it's like everything's mm-hmm. energy i mean the word emotion is energy in motion that's all it is mm-hmm. so if you've energy's gone in and you're revolted and repulsed and disgusted and you can't believe it and you're really grieving and there's all these feelings first thing you do is you do not shut it down you cry your eyes out. you just you keep going because eventually you will actually empty out and know yourself know how strong you are if you know you need a break like at the time when I was doing it I'm like man I need to come out of that rabbit hole and I need to just watch some trash on television I, I just I just need to get completely out and I'm really I was into Housewives of Beverly Hills <laughs> and, um, so I'm like bring it um you need a break you absolutely need a break so you have to know yourself you have to know how much you can take so I did a lot in a very short space of time very intense like you because I could take it but I also knew myself and I remember I had about four days of all my creativity stopped and that's also a sign when your creativity is stopped you're processing a lot and your body's like I can't do any extra we're just gonna have to process and I, I remember thinking okay, have you, have you had enough? I thought, yeah, I know enough for now. I need to be a functioning human being. I, I have clients, I need to help people. You know, I was looking at it over the weekend and I'm like, how are you gonna be for another week if you keep doing this? It's not gonna work. So I actually stopped myself, but like I parented myself. I was like, all right, you've had enough now. Let's come away from the screen. Let's get yourself a nice cup of herbal tea. And then let's watch, <laughs> you know, trash talking on Beverly Hills. Let's, let's just do that. Right. Um, but I let it out. So don't ever feel horrible or weird that you're crying. I know that I was talking earlier about you know, people that cry every day, but I'm talking about people that, you know, I was listening to somebody the other day and they said, I've been crying for nine months straight every day. I'm like, Oh my God, that's not a great place to be. Right. That's, 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 that, that's when you're stuck. What I'm talking about is you're not going to stay, you're not going to get stuck there in the grieving, but you are going to let stuff out without mentally telling yourself that you shouldn't be crying or, you know, if you were healed, you wouldn't cry. That's bullshit. You know, cry, let it out. I cry, I scream, I shout. And because I do those things, I don't hold them in my body. Um, The other thing you can do if you've got visuals that are actually stuck in your head, you can actually work with your higher self to get them out. Now, there's probably where you can come in now, and I'm sure there's lots that, that you are teaching your, your, your clients. Um, what I do for myself, what I say to clients is I, I work with different angels. Like I'm an angel intuitive as well, and I do theta healing as well. So I do a lot of work with the universe, the cosmos, the creator. And I bring that in, and that's clearing. It's like defragging the, the computer. It's like defragging your mind. It's like these free-floating memories that can kind of flash up. I don't want them. I don't need them to be in me. I don't need to keep reliving them. So I actually ask for them to be released and I unplug from them. So you can just ask. And sometimes it's really nice to do it before you go to bed at night. You know, you can just say before you go to bed, spiritual team, guides, higher self, God, the creator, source, whoever, you know, whatever the names you like to use, doesn't matter, right? And just say, help me. Can you, I, w- I want this to be gone. I don't need this because you don't need to carry that vibration in you. Right. Cause it's not, mm-hmm. it's not you. 
It's not you. Um, so again, ask. I think we don't ask enough. There's a wonderful lady that I, I, I need to remember her name, but she talks about there are so many unemployed angels out there. And I saw earlier this year, I was meditating and I've never seen this before. I was like, oh, there's spaceships. There's like heaps of spaceships everywhere, loads of them. And they're sending all this gold energy down and there's so many angels, but they can't override our free will. We have to ask, 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 ask. They can transmute for you. They can take it out for you. We don't have to be doing all of it ourselves, especially when it's like images like that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that the times have changed. So this year from um, March up until September, we've had our hands held by spiritual by spirit and they've been doing a lot of the transmuting for us helping us healing us all of that and then on october the 10th was a very pivotal day for a lot of us where we really felt our sovereignty and our power rise and then i woke up on the morning of october the 11th feeling like past timelines are now not in the past they're actually they're being dropped in here so anything that we haven't dealt with any issue, any dynamic within you or with somebody else that you had parked in the past and you maybe you'd compartmentalized, we're not being allowed to do that anymore. We're actually being asked to face the things that we weren't strong enough to heal back then or we didn't want to heal back then, we couldn't, we're being asked to do it now. And so I'm seeing a lot of people begin to panic a little bit because there seems to be a lot to process, but that's actually when we go, okay, I'm going to get good at healing myself because I've actually been built to heal. And the spirits are there, that our spiritual team are there. They just, they're going to be there for us. We're not on our own, but they are watching us. They're going, we've taught you. We've shown you what it can be like to have a high vibration all the way through till September. You had your nine months gestation, gestation. Now can you do it yourself? Because that's ascension. That's being able to hold your frequency in a world that is not your frequency, that is that's how you rise up. And it has to be all of you that lifts up. So if you're feeling that stuff's very intense at the moment, it is. And that's for you to understand that you're only given what you can handle. So in you somewhere, I call it the alchemist muscle, like you've got an alchemy, you've got an alchemist muscle. And if it's a little bit flabby, that's all right, doesn't matter, you can get it strong. And the first stage of healing, I always say, is to let it out and to ask for help, to decide you're going to heal. As soon as you decide you're going to heal, you will get all the guidance you need, all the help you need. The universe is literally going to show you the way, the right way for you, however that is for you. Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. We could talk for hours and hours. I think we're going to have to do this again because they're just... <laughs> so much territory for us to cover and I know a lot of people listening right now will be nodding along like oh my goodness I want more so I think what we'll do is just pause for today but um, you know you're giving very high level stuff on the deep deep alchemy work that you do and I know you have a course coming up around that where it's really designed to support us transition transitioning to 5d and and learning how to manifest as though we're already in 5d or higher so um, is that available on your website, that course? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's available on the website. So it starts on November the 4th. Um, it's called Be the Alchemist You Were Born to Be because you have this power in you, right? It's just that you haven't needed to rock mm-hmm. it. Um, it's for beginners, but it's also for people that are already incredible healers already that maybe just haven't done this bit. They haven't done emotional alchemy. Maybe they can do the spiritual alchemy, right? And the physical alchemy, yes, we can do yoga, we can go to the gym, we can change, but the emotional alchemy. Um, the reason I'm a bit hesitant, I know that a lot of your listeners will be maybe in Canada and America, so the time difference isn't going to work for you guys, but it is if you're in the UK, if you're in Europe, if you're in Australia, the time difference will definitely work for you, because I've lived in Australia for 24 years and just got back, so I've got a lot of people in Australia mm-hmm. still. But if enough of you listening want this, have a look on my website. And if enough of you want it, I'll run it for um, for you guys in the US and Canada um, mm-hmm. because of time difference. I just couldn't get the US, Canada, oh, it's hard. and Australia, it's the hard. time difference to work. Totally. But I do it for like half a hemisphere or the other half. So contact yeah. me um, on that. And then the other thing is, um, obviously I do one-to-one coaching sessions, but I actually launched my podcast yesterday i would love you i would love you to come on to the podcast um, oh my goodness yes for sure you would do more talking so it's called the turn yourself on podcast and it's on um what is it on apple and spotify and all of those and i'm talking about um healing basically and and, and a lot of the stuff as well so that's how you can reach me um yeah Awesome. So marinaj.net. Yes. And then they'll also learn more about your podcast. Plus you and I connected on Facebook. We don't know how much longer we're going to be on there. Yeah. They they kind of threw a turd in the punch bowl, right? We're not really wanting to drink out of the punch bowl anymore, (laughs) (laughs) which is unfortunate, but uh, you know, I know anyways, for now people can find you there. And I know you have an account on LinkedIn, even though you're still like, "Mm, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And uh, and other things. So anyways, I, I think that actually it's advisable for anyone to join mailing lists wherever possible right now, because I do see kind of a mass uh, shutdown of social media platforms that we're used to using. And so if we want to stay in touch with people that we resonate with, or, you know, we never know why, but usually there's some sort of connection made. I, I recommend that. I agree so, with you. Marina, Oh my goodness, I adore you. I'm so glad we got to do this. And I know all of you listening are nodding along. You definitely would would have gotten at least one golden nugget, but I would imagine if you're like me, you got like a whole basketful <laughs> of, uh, of nuggets. So thank you for being here and uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. And I'd also love for you to visit my website, www.souljourneys.ca and claim your free soul acceleration system while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever-popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.